Welcome to the Bad Fan Podcast. I am your host, Cole Car... Just kidding. My name is Brandon Patesnick, and we are so glad to have you tuned in with us today. Um, Cole couldn't make it tonight, um, but you'll see him later this week. No worries at all. Um, So I'll be hosting. Um, If you're listening on Spotify, then a big welcome to you. Thanks for joining us today. And if you're viewing this on YouTube, uh, leave a like for us. You know, it only takes a second. It helps us out a whole bunch. Um... Yeah, if you're new to the podcast, then we'd be honored if you'd subscribe. So just go ahead and hit that for us. And then if you want to stick around with us, hit that bell so you never miss anything that we post. Um, And as always, I'm going to steal a line from Cole. I cannot do this alone. So I'm joined by my good friend, Stephen Curl, tonight. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Together, we will take a journey through the world of sports, giving you an informative rundown on the headlines that you need to know, discussing our views that may go against the grain of normal fans. Steven, it's nice to see you back in here. How was your week last week? How was your weekend? Tell me about it. Yeah, it was good to see you. Um, missed last uh, last week's pod at the latter half of the week, but busy, busy week. Uh, I worked like 11, 12 hours on Friday, and so I was very tired. I had family, Easter weekend, holidays, all that fun stuff. So I got to see a lot of family. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. What about yourself? No, it was good. Um, We missed you last week because Real Madrid, your dark horse, went through. I just wanted to give you a a second to talk about that. Your dark horse, you know. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, no, the Real Madrid, I mean, with risk of being, uh, you know, sounding like a broken record. They know Champions League, you know. Uh, They Mm -hmm. might lose uh, some random La Liga games, but they know this competition. And Ancelotti, I was reading about him actually this morning. And I think if he wins, he's like one of the best coaches because he's almost won every single league in Europe or something. Um, And he's won tons of UCLs too. So yeah, they're going to win it, but it's fine. Mm. Well, I don't know if you watched last week, but I think we gave a little bit gave some predictions so maybe maybe next week when the champions league comes back we'd like to hear your predictions on that that's great um they also won this weekend they beat sevilla in a crazy fashion Sevilla was up two nothing they came back one three two with okay enough about the real madrid let's get into um some of the news from this this past week um and we'll start with some sad news um cristiano ronaldo probably the most famous athlete ever of all time. Um, he and his partner, Georgina, I think I pronounced that correctly, um, lost their newborn son this weekend. Um, so our thoughts go out to them and the family. Um, I couldn't imagine what that's like. Um, so very, very sad moment yeah. for them. Um, but moving on, we're going to hop into the NFL for just a second. Um, the Browns, on Monday, signed Pro Bowl cornerback Denzel Ward to a five-year, $100.5 million contract extension, um, which includes $71.25 million guaranteed. Um, I believe that's per Adam Schefter. Um, he's only 24 years of age, and this contract extension will make him the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history. Um, roughly, he'll be making about $20.1 million per year. Um, he's also a former Buckeye, so it's good to see the Buckeyes in the NFL. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of dogs in the NFL as well. 
No. Um, but whenever I can brag on some Ohio State players, I always try to. So good for him. Congrats on that extension. Um, and the Browns, we'll see what happens this year. They're sort of in a mess. Um, moving right along, though, to the NBA playoffs. Uh, Steve, you want to start us off with the Hawks game? Yeah, uh, the Hawks uh, ended up beating the Cavs in this pl- the play-in, right? That's this new stuff going on? Yes, yeah, this yeah. Playing, uh, playing games, beat the Cavs 107-101. to It was a good game. Hawks grew into it. Um, the Cavs will be really good the next couple of years. Um, great team, but uh, points spread through the team. But Ice Trey, the gang, I believe he had the most points scored this yeah, year in the I'm- NBA. Yeah, and the most assists. And the most assists. That was only only one player who's done that before, right? Only one. He's the only player to have ever done it in the NCAA and also the NBA. Yes. Um, so that is helping the Hawks tremendously. But didn't yeah. help them against the Miami Heat. I went to my aunt's house on Easter Sunday. I looked at the TV for two seconds, saw the Hawks were losing by 30, and decided to walk out to the back porch. You want to talk <laughs> a little bit more about that one, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. It was not a great game. Um, but at least the Hawks made it there, right? They won the playing game against the Cavs. It was a really good game. Um, and they moved on to face the one-seed Miami Heat, like you just said. I don't have a great feeling about this first round, um, but – We'll see. I think Trey scored very, very low. He had an off night, so I, I don't see that happening again. But I saw him have a comment in the post game too about how uh, he didn't make it an excuse, but he was saying that their legs were pretty tired after mm-hmm. um, traveling around the Charlotte and Cleveland. Yeah, I'm sure I could see that. Uh, but on the other side of the bracket, on the other final playing game, the Pelicans beat the Clippers 105 to 101 with Marcus Morris scoring 27 points with nine rebounds and Reggie Jackson with 27 points, eight assists, and seven rebounds. It wasn't enough because Brandon Ingram went off with 30 points and C.J. McCollum came in second on the scoring list uh, for the Pelicans with 19 points. So, yeah, they go on and they face probably the the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Um, They – I think they played already – um, yes, they did, and the Suns won. So um, there's only been um, one game played. I think there was a couple games tonight, Monday, as we're recording this. Um, so maybe a couple t- second games played. But the NBA playoffs are well underway. If you're not following, you might not need to follow right now. Wait for the later stages. But it's 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 going to be on every day of the week. So if you don't have anything else to watch, definitely tune into that, Steve. I haven't been watching much MLB, to be completely honest with you. I've been keeping up with soccer and a couple basketball games, but um, the MLB is going on. The first couple weeks are happening. Tell me about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, MLB is going on and have a few talking points. Uh, I had a scary moment on Sunday with Mike Trout getting nailed in the hand um, and exiting the game with an 81 miles per hour slider. Um, exited the game, went immediately, got an MRI, but it came back positive and clean, so that's really good. Um, looking back on it, it's kind of one of those he actually backed into it and like exposed and it got hit right on the back of his hand. It didn't look good. Um, mm. And that's one of these injuries that could kill the Angels playoff hopes just with one player. Mm-hmm. Um, all that being said, though, um, L.A., I believe, is they're six and three right now. Um, they're up close to the top of uh, the AL West. So that's going on. Um, another fun thing that happened that the Yankees 
are not as good as Yankees fans would hope that they would be. <laughs> I know it's early on in the year. This is probably my overreaction, but um, they went to Baltimore and they lost two out of three. It's one of the worst teams in baseball. Um, and that will be one of the worst teams in baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Just after losing to um, Toronto in some dramatic fashion of Vladimir Guerrero going yard three times in one game against so the good. Yankees. It's kind of almost meme worthy um, at those points. Um, so that was amazing. Uh, Colorado early on in the season, again, overreactions here because the season just got started. Um, Colorado six and three and one game back from San Fran and LA, which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. to think they're hitting the ball. Uh, like we knew they can and would. Um, Chris Bryant has been a godsend. CJ Crone's mashing the ball right now. So yeah, I just, I, I'm tempted to believe that Colorado can stick around this year. Um, doesn't make sense. Really. I believe uh, Cole Carter uh, earlier on in one of our MLB previews was saying, you know, Chris Bryant moving to Colorado kind of didn't make sense for him. Um, not really playing for anything, but who knows? You never know. Um, and Brandon, I want to send this to you too. The yeah. Braves struggling <laughs> a little bit early on in this go around. They're one game under 500. They're playing the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. Um, starting pitching has been looking a little iffy. Um, do you think that they're going to be okay or is there's cause for concern at all? You think? I expected this um, to be honest, not like as a world series hangover, but um you know, we made a run last year and um, we got it right. The team's not too much different than last year. I'd say that they're probably better. Um, the Braves have also been trying out a couple new pitchers, like younger guys, I believe. I think you can check me on that. But um, so, yeah, you know, they're just, I think they're trying a little bit of experimenting on this front part of the season, especially in the first couple of weeks. And they're going to solidify what they need to um as they get towards the middle of the season and the meat of the schedule i don't think it's time to freak out about it um you know that's obviously a biased take maybe maybe a level-headed take but i think the braves will will definitely be fine yeah i think the braves will definitely be fine it's a little bit of an overreaction we saw ian anderson went out in his first start of the year and got shelled and pulled from the game. He had a great start in San Diego, um, looking like his old self. Acuna is starting his rehab assignment mm. with the Gwinnett Stripers coming up this week. I might try to go make a game over there. Um, and then you want to get Acuna back into this team. And Ozzy's only hitting 200. He has four bombs, but um, a lot of players just aren't hitting to their potential, especially Dansby Swanson. Um, but yeah, the starting pitching will. We'll definitely get better, I think. And I think we'll be okay. But um, another thing I want to talk about is Albert Pulhos hits number 681. Mm-hmm. Kudos to you, Albert. Um, if you didn't get a chance to see it, it was a game-tying home run um, against Milwaukee. He hit it in, like, the third deck. And I think he's going to get to 700 this year. Um, That'd be awesome. The man's got pop. And I just love his batting stance too. He just stands in that box with authority the same way when he was like 25 <laughs> years old. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, he's going to be a fun spot in that DH um, little area for the Cardinals this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, another thing I want to talk about is the San Francisco Giants manager, Gabe Kapler, 
got under a little bit of scrutiny for one of his players, uh, I believe bunting in a game where they were up by like seven runs or so. Mm. Um, I forget. I think it was in Slick Rose or something. But um, And the other team's manager was freaking out, talking about you just don't do that. It's one of the unwritten rules in baseball. <laughs> and I wanted, I'm glad you brought this up because Cole and I talked about it in the last podcast, and I know you have some opinions, so – let them rip. We we want to hear them all. You're our baseball guy, so please just l- let it let it all out. I love I now that Gabe Kapler's not in Philly and he's in San Francisco. I'm a big Gabe Kapler guy. Uh, I think his post his post game interview summed it up phenomenal, talking about all these unwritten rules in baseball and what you do and what you don't do. Old school versus new school. Um, he says, if we don't want a team to bunt, we defend the bunt. If we don't want a team to steal, as in being up 10-0, getting stolen on, we defend the steal. If we don't want a team to swing 3-0 when you're up by a ton, you like hit a home run, then we throw a ball. Um, and, and that's and that's <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's beautiful. It's kind of this new style of management in the MLB of um, things that you do and you don't do. Um, and we had a lot of exciting new people coming up in the majors right now. Fernando Tatis for one. Um, got in trouble by his manager for hitting a grand slam because he didn't hit the grand slam when he was supposed to hit the grand slam because you don't hit the grand slam. You just stop competing. You're supposed to turn it off, which I think is ludicrous. Um, but uh, yeah. have, have you ever been to a game that you might've left early or anything? We are, we are Cole and I had, we're at a game when we were younger where the Braves were up, I think by like seven runs towards the end. And, we ended up coming back and winning, but we had left. And I said, ever since then, I would never leave a game early. No matter what sport, I would never leave early. Um, I didn't leave the Braves game. Was it when we played the Cardinals, was it, where we were down 11 nothing, 10 nothing in the first inning? That was painful. We didn't come back, by the in way. The playoffs, but, that was <laughs> in the brutal. playoffs. Fifth game of the playoffs. But, yeah, has, have you ever experienced that firsthand? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there's a Cubs game I went to with my parents. Um and I think it's when was it a Cubs game? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, it was a Phillies game actually. And with Jonathan Papelbon is when he was the closer for the Phillies. Chipper Jones ends up hitting a walk off three run home run after we were down by a a million. And um, it was one of the best baseball memories of my life. And mm-hmm. same thing after that. I mean, you don't leave the games early. And it's I think part of building even character is also suffering with your teams as well. So if you, mm. you know, you get a 10 spot on maybe in the first inning like you did watching the St. Louis game, <laughs> that loss is going to stick with you. And it's oh. going to make the victories that much sweeter. Um, mm. So it's kind of the, the true fan. So I guess I'm a little bit old school in that term. But, um, but yeah, you don't leave. You don't leave. Um, and in my opinion, if you got a guy like Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis that can hit a ball 450 feet, I want to see that the fans are there for the entertainment. And mm-hmm. I think that's just some of the disconnect of the old school and new school. I think it's just the un these unwritten rules are just dumb. Yep. Yeah. That's basically what we said last week. Um, yeah. Baseball's in a weird spot with all that They're You know, they're trying to change a lot of rules to make it more fun, but you still have a lot of the old heads in there making decisions. So it's just, it's a really interesting thing. Um, but one last point in the MLB I want you to talk about is the Aaron Judge situation, it's really interesting in New York. Um, I've seen some things about 
uh, about Aaron Judge's contract that he wants, that he would he wouldn't get it anywhere else. Um, and it seems like the Yankees aren't willing to match what he is wanting. I don't know. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the question is, as I have the the Braves LA game going on right now in the background, is is this going to be another Freddie Freeman situation? Aaron Judge um, already kind of cemented himself as you know a Yankees legend, but definitely a face of the club uh, right now of the ball club, and it's really weird with contract negotiations, you know, and you, you know, I think Anthony Rizzo said it of there's just no loyalty in this game, commenting on the Freddie Freeman contract situation. And um, something, another thing to note about this Aaron judge thing is Brian Cashman, Jim for the, for the New York Yankees going out on Twitter and tweeting that they offered him the specifics of their offer like that's so weird that's so random that doesn't make at least like be like alex anthopoulos picking up his phone and saying we offered freddie this but he didn't accept and this is going into the season like the season is going on and judge has to play with this looming over his head Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of weird right now and you even saw the yankees benching judge in the series against Baltimore and like resting him when the season just started and losing. I don't know. It's just a little weird, but um, I don't know what judge is looking for. Um, You can maybe say he wants a change of scenery. I don't know what he's kind of where his head is kind of at. The Yankees wouldn't give, aren't giving him any reason to stay. um, If I'm being honest, I mean, they'll probably make the playoffs, but um, it's a team of, you know, has excellence and expectations and hasn't really achieved that in quite some time. Um, it's really weird. It's really weird, um, this whole situation. But I don't know. I'm curious to see the final numbers, what he can make. I think Darren Judge can be worth $400 million, though, in my opinion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going after that. Um, I think when you know your worth, why not? <laughs> yeah. So. Dang. Well, you know, we'll definitely be keeping you guys up to date on that. We'll, we'll be following it. Steve will definitely be following it. Um, but yeah, we're going to move into another sport, soccer. Uh, we're going to start talking about the Premier League. Um, and Steve, I'm going to let you hop back into this because this is your team. Tottenham played Brighton over the weekend. Uh, it was at Tottenham. Uh, and Tottenham lost one nothing. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, it was a Trossard goal in the 90th minute, breaking the backs of the Tottenham supporters. At home, too. It was sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Conte came out after the game and uh, said a quote I, I really liked and kind of resonated with, um, especially given the Premier League specifically, is when you realize you can't win the game, you can't lose it as in you got to get the tie at least. And that's what this game looked like. The writing was on the wall. Brighton looked more threatening, um, more possession, Mm -hmm. more shots, shots on goal. I don't think Tottenham had a shot on goal the entire game. Um, And Tottenham, you know, we didn't look good, obviously, but Brighton just looks better. Um, Grant Potter, the coach of Brighton, he's a great coach. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's been linked with some big clubs and, yeah, it was one of those games in the Premier League to where you don't necessarily come out and say the sky is falling for Tottenham. I think we'll be okay. I think we had won five in a row at this point. 
Um, and we dropped some points um, in, a, in a heartbreaking fashion, though. Um, it, it was really disappointing. And I think that quote of, of, yeah, you just have to find a way to not lose. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's important. That's huge um, when you're going for a top four finish. And I think Antonio Conte is like, it kind of gives me a, a glimpse and an insight to his managerial style. And I don't know, it kind of makes me honestly more confident um, hearing mm-hmm. quotes like this and instilling into the players this culture of, all right, Dyer, Romero, Davies, like, you got to buckle it up at the back. And, you know, it was unfortunate. It was a unfortunate situation with the, with the last minute goal. Um, I think we'll be okay, but, but yeah, yeah, so it was a classic, it was a classic, uh, one nil loss. Yeah. For, for Tottenham there. Yeah. Well, you look, I think Conte is a top five manager in the world. Um, and I don't know if he wants to stay around, but I'm leaning towards like he's looking at Tottenham. He would, I don't think he would have accepted it. You know, everyone knows where Tottenham was before he came in. I don't think he would have accepted it, you know, as not being a challenge for him. I think I said that terribly, but like he, he's here for the project, I'll say. Um, and <laughs> the project, I think he's doing pretty well on get Tottenham back to the Champions League. Um, you know, and so this game was in the morning. Um, and Arsenal played, was it the same day? I believe after them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tottenham drops points. We're texting on the phone. I'm like, oh gosh, like now Arsenal gets the chance to hop back into fourth. Well, they choked against Southampton. Um, I think Arsenal dominated like most of the statistical categories as you would probably expect against Southampton. Um, but uh, I think it was a Bednarek goal. Um, the first half, the only goal of the game, um, one nothing to Southampton. You know, I it's so crazy how Arsenal has looked so good all year long. Mm-hmm. And then things that they had issues with last year, like scoring goals, right? Um, just, it's just so funny to see something like that creep back in. Um, and they had a chance, man. They had a chance to just take fourth back. You know, they still have one game in hand going into these last, what is it, seven games, I think, six, Something seven like games. That. Um, they left it there. They left it on the table for Tottenham, and uh, Tottenham kept it. Um, do you have any thoughts about that game? Yeah, uh, no Lacazette. And like you said, struggling and scoring goals. Uh, you lose a bombing, and you have this quote coming out from Lacazette talking about his contract situation at Arsenal, mm-hmm. saying he misses Champions League football. <laughs> It's been a while since I've played that and I miss it. I think it was something like that. But he was talking about it in a way of leaving the club as opposed mm. to trying to achieve top four with Arsenal. Um, so you could say that mm. definitely hinges on that or he's looking elsewhere, but it's a little weird. But yeah, he missed the game with injury. But yeah, the wheels are falling off for Arsenal. They're dropping points left and right and gave Tottenham a free pass. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned this before, but I believe they have a harder run-in than Tottenham does towards the end of the season here. I think maybe even Man U, maybe. I'll have to look at it again. But, um, yeah, speaking of Man U, um, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, what a world-class player he is, was, still is, still will be forever and ever. No, he's the problem over there. (sighs) Gosh. (laughs) Yeah, the Man U media, the Man U fans are just – they're laughable, man. Like, how, how can you say that this dude isn't the guy? 
um, or that he makes your team worse, whatever. Bro, he's saving your team, <laughs> literally single-handedly saving your team. Um, he was the only bright spot spot of the day, scoring a hat trick. Um, and honestly, they were gifted one by Norwich. I don't know if you saw that, but um, yeah, Norwich scored two goals on him. It was a three-two game. It was close. Like it was back and forth. Like man, you still looks like garbage. Um, I think they're hoping this the season ends soon. Um, and Norwich are still bad. Uh, do you have anything <laughs> else to say? Yeah, um, it was weird. I think, man, you got off to a 2-0 lead to start it off, and then just, yeah, just were sleeping. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but something I love about Ronaldo is just his versatility. Um, scoring with his head that game, also with the free kick, he can still do it. Mm-hmm. I believe um, – what was the statistic on hat tricks before 30 and after? I think he has 30 before the age of 30, yeah. 30 after the age of 30. Yeah. <laughs> like so, fine wine, baby. <laughs> yeah. Like fine wine. And, you know, being a Tottenham fan, he scored a hat trick oh. against us. And it's not all the time, but he's still scoring so many goals. And with the goal issues from, I mean, Sancho and Rashford, and what would you do without Ronaldo right now? So, but yeah. He wouldn't be scoring goals. He'd be way lower down the table. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the Ronaldo haters, just respect him. All the Man U people, calm down. You're not where you used to be. I know you want to be, but um, there's still a couple games left, though. You know, we never know. They could sneak into fourth, but my bets would be on Tottenham still to take it, which is crazy. Think back a couple weeks ago. We were like, oh, I don't know. I was telling you guys to keep faith, but even I don't know if I believe myself. <laughs> Trying to yeah. be a little bit optimistic. Um, but yeah, you know that that spot for fourth is still up for grabs, and. Uh, it's really exciting here. So we'll be paying attention to that. Well, there's some midweek games this week. A lot of makeups from COVID and stuff from the beginning of the season. Um, some reschedules as well. But um, when this episode comes out Tuesday, Liverpool will be playing Man United in Anfield. Um, how do you think this game's going to go? Um, I believe the score of the last game was it. Didn't oh. am I mistaken in that? Didn't mean you get like slaughtered like six to zero, or am I making that up? I wish I'm, Cole was here. Cole's memory is way better than mine. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I think Liverpool will dominate uh Man United. Um, but then again, I mean you look at the class of the players in Man U and everything, or it might have been the Man City game I'm thinking of, but I just think Liverpool and Man City are just leagues above better than Manchester United. So I wouldn't be expecting anything else other than a pretty confident and convincing Liverpool win. Yeah, I think, you know, this is funny. This this could be the game that wins Man City the title, actually. Um, you know, Man U, show, Man U shows up on an odd day. They have the players to do it, right? Um, but can they put it together? Can Ragnick get the guys rolling? Um, you know, it, it might be a game that, that Man U will play better in. Um, I don't, I just don't know. Like, I, I can't see Man U winning, but I want to say it'll be a good game still. Um, I'm here for it. I don't trust Manchester United's back line at all, but, um, Anthony Alanga's coming alive. Who knows who's going to play, but he could probably, he'll probably start because he's been in some sort of form. Ronaldo will definitely start. Then you have Sancho, who on his day can tear anybody apart. So it's just like, who, you know, 
it might be a good game for Ragnick and his tactics. Maybe he can play a little bit smart against Klopp. And I don't know, man. I really don't know. But if Liverpool drop this game, man, it's the title's Man City's, I'd say, probably. Maybe. I don't know if that's fair to say. Probably. Um, but speaking of Man City, they also play later this week. I believe it's on Thursday. Um, no, it's actually Wednesday. They play Brighton at home. You know, we saw Brighton beat Spurs like we just talked about. Brighton, you know, Brighton, they're very they're coached very well, man. They're coached very well. Yeah. They had a dip in the middle of the season, but they seem like they're picking up a little bit of form recently. Um, and they have good enough players to really hang in any game. Sort of like a Leicester. Um, I think Leicester's better, but um good enough to hang in most games. How do you see this game going? Yeah, I mean, City. Um City, 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 uh, mm-hmm. where I think Tottenham, where I saw how we dropped those points, we kind of play this long ball, like Sun and Kane, and it's Man City has – Tottenham has two absolute world-class players, and City has 11. So <laughs> that's that's the difference there. And, um, yeah, I think, I think with that – I mean, even watching against Atletico, uh, City can break down a team even when the entire game plan is to sit behind. So I think city picks apart Brighton and it's a pretty easy win for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it being like a two nothing win man city. They score towards halftime and score one like later in the game, like at the death or something, just, just a classic machine man city game, you know? Yeah. Uh, We will see. I mean, there's a couple other games I want to mention here. Um, Everton play Leicester. This is one of their makeup games, I believe. You know, Leicester, they're, you know, middle-of-the-road team. Um, probably we're expecting more this year, but they're they're, they're okay. Um, but Everton, like we've mentioned, their woes this year, gosh, they have been awful. But they win last week, I believe it was, and uh, Burnley lost, Watford lost. Um, Watford lost again this past week. Mm-hmm. So – Really, the only team that can probably catch them is Burnley at this point. And um, I'm not sure they're too worried about going down anymore. But that's that's where it gets tricky, right? Like That's yeah. where you can't think like that at all. You have to go and try to get three points from every game. Um, it's at home at Goodison. I will say a one nothing Everton win. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think I mean Leicester just come out, came off uh, I think losing to Newcastle with a stoppage time goal. Yeah. Um and but no, I think Everton um makes their fans a little bit more uneasy after this week. I think they lose. I think they mm-hmm. lose to Leicester. Um Burnley just firing Sean Dyche. They got a draw up at West Ham. Maybe they're riding some momentum from that point. Um but yeah, I, I think Everton loses here. Um, but mm-hmm. I still think they're safe. But I think they, again, they're given they give life to Burnley, which I think is sits three points beneath them right now. Yeah, you know, um, Burnley could have won that game too. They missed they missed a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe this interim manager can give them a little bit of a bounce and. I don't know, and I'm all for that. I'm. I just. I want that relegation battle. It's. It's only going to be between two teams at this point. 
unfortunately. Uh, but I want it. I want it to happen. At least make the Everton fans sweat a little bit. Yeah. Even as a Tottenham fan, I think I might be more interested in the relegation battle going on right now than even <laughs> the chase for the top four. <laughs> sort of interesting, isn't it? Um, and then, yeah, the last one I want to touch on is a very interesting game, actually. Chelsea versus Arsenal on Wednesday. It's at Chelsea. Take it away, man. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, this is not a team on the fixture schedule that you want to see after dropping points against Southampton. Um, you're hoping for maybe a, your Norwich or your maybe Newcastle or something, but no, it's 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 Chelsea. And um, again, Chelsea needs to they need to stamp their authority. And I feel like this happens so many times, whether it's a FA cup or a champions league game that they'll lose or something like that, where the pressure gets on and they respond in the premier league. Um, mm-hmm. And you saw that when they came back and I think they went six zero against Southampton, but okay. I think, uh, I think Chelsea beats them. I think Chelsea beats them into the ground at Stanford bridge. Um, so much talent on this team. And um there's something about when your team starts slipping or the going gets rough, it honestly feels like it just keeps getting worse <laughs> when it comes to a lot of times in sports. And so um, part of it being a Tottenham fan, obviously I hope they lose. I think they will lose. Um, curious to see if Pulisic can get some game time in this. He's been kind of buried on the Chelsea depth chart a little bit recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I would be shocked if Arsenal gets a point out of this game. Yeah, man, Lukaku probably won't even play. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk this week about them moving on from him. But Tuchel's been saying, no, he has a spot on his team. He just knows what he needs to do to work harder to get back in the team. And weird things happening there. Um, but yeah, Chelsea's out of the Champions League after coming back and playing a great second leg against Real Madrid. Both legs, they did not look bad, by the way. Um, they, they looked good. Uh, they played the FA Cup this past weekend, where which they beat Crystal Palace. Am I right about that? Yeah. Um, and they go into the finals where they'll play Liverpool, um, who beat Man City, if you didn't know. Um, so, like, they're good. You know, Chelsea's good. They're solid. And playing a slipping Arsenal team um, who's throwing away this fourth place, really, um, yeah, you, like you said, you don't want to see Chelsea. <laughs> you don't want to see Chelsea with five games to go, six games to go. So um, I hope it's electric, though. I think the way both these teams are managed, I think this game will be up and it'll, down the pitch. It'll be a fun game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really it on the Premier League this week. Uh, we might touch a little bit more on the weekend games on our Thursday. I guess it's our Friday episode. Um, so stay tuned for that. But as we always do, I'm going to try to steal Cole's line again. Come on. Uh, we go across the pond to our favorite league in the world. It's the MLS. Steve, can you tell us what happened this weekend, please? Yes, the league that is just oozing class and perfection. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll start off with Atlanta United for the hometown boys. Um, we lose another not game but key player to the squad Mm -hmm. that's really the main storyline from the 0-0 draw with Cincinnati is Brad Guzan non-contact injury um came out I believe today that he ruptured his Achilles so 
again, what I was saying about when the going gets rough, it seems to get worse. And that's the case with Atlanta United and injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah. It's, this is the worst thing right now. And I think expectations are starting to shift um, more and more for this Atlanta United team. It still finds itself fourth in the East. Um, pretty fortunately, in my opinion, with a lot of late game winners. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's something to keep a lookout. Um, Atlanta United have been linked to, um, I believe a goalkeeper actually over in an Israeli soccer league, um, mm-hmm. an American, I believe I saw that report today. And then, yep. you know, the first names that, you know, we want to say over here, at the bad fan podcast, like, Oh, just go out and sign Ethan Horvath. Easy done deal. Um, it's not but- easy, but <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about us men's national team goalkeepers recently, especially with Zach Steffen's error over the weekend. Mm-hmm. How about none of them are getting consistent time wherever they're playing. Um, and that they will need to going into this world cup. So this is true with the transfer window coming up in the summer, we have LN United has a good enough backup goalkeeper in Shuttlesworth. They can definitely get to the summer transfer window. And I don't know how it would work. Um, You know, we've had a couple people interact with us on Twitter, telling us about the rules, telling us potential ways that it could happen. Um, I don't, see Zach Steffen or Ethan Horvath making the move over unless it was for like a half season loan. I'll take even it. Then, which even then I don't think they would be interested in. Um, but who knows? Um, we will see what happens with that. But yeah, Brad Gazan's injury, just really unfortunate. Yeah. And a quick note on that too, in this whole goalkeeper situation, a little bit off the cuff is, you know, you look at the United States men's national team and how Matt Turner broke into this team um, over the summer and a lot of these international tournaments. It's with consistent playing time in the MLS. It's with the New England Revolution. Before Zach Steffen was at Manchester City, it was the time in Columbus. It was the penalty shootout saves. It was impressing on that stage. Um, and right now, this 17-year-old up in Chicago, Selena, tied for the most clean sheets in the MLS in the mm-hmm. MLS and is starting getting his name thrown up there in the MLS. Um, I mean, in the United States goalkeeper conversation, I'm not saying that the MLS is the key to break in into this team. Um, but you really haven't seen since Tim Howard, honestly, um, a U.S. goalkeeper that is playing consistently in Europe. That is also playing consistently on this U S men's national team. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that far off of a thing to why not go play every game in the MLS, get in some form of some sort, and it past it's usually translated to good form on the international side um, in recent history. Uh, but that was just a quick little note there. But anyways, MLS gets a bad rap. Yeah. But going who, on. Who knows? I don't know if uh, Millsborough is in the fight for promotion. I think they are. Mm-hmm. They might be in the top six in the championship. So if Horvath, who knows, this might all be taken away, right? If Horvath wins the starting job, they get promoted. He's the starting Premier League goalkeeper for Middlesbrough next year. You know, then I think we know who our number one is, right? So it's it's really interesting to see uh, the kid in Chicago. I think he might just be too young and not as experienced as I would want or be comfortable yeah. with. And for this World Cup cycle, for sure. Definitely. Definitely for this World Cup cycle. He hasn't played with any of the guys, so... Not yet, but maybe he makes a roster spot. Um, 
who knows? But yeah, sorry, I'll let you go on. No, you're good. I think he even came out before the season started and said he wants to get. Um, I think he's 17 years old. He said he wants to get 17 clean sheets. So that would be insane. But That'd be awesome. Ambitious. Uh, moving on, we got Brandon's Toronto FC taking down number one in the East, Philadelphia Union, handing them their first loss on the season. Mm. Um, and another thing, you got Austin FC coming all the way up to second place in the MLS Western Conference in their inaugural season, taking down DC United with a goal in the 90th minute to win 3-2. to two. Quick note on Austin FC, they are tied – um with the i believe the galaxy i'm pretty sure uh sits atop in the west or is it lafc i believe it's lafc this is their this isn't this is their second season right austin fc is it their second season am i making things up i think you said inaugural i believe it's their second year um yes well <laughs> sorry to check you i'm just no 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 <laughs> we know we're all about we're all about fact checking here you know even if bit. it's embarrassing our friends on this global <laughs> scale uh no but austin fc is tied with lafc on mm-hmm. i believe 17 goals scored this season in the mls while only conceding seven so mm-hmm. that is the standard and that's the best in the league right now tied with lafc on those stats um and we have nycfc um, taking out their early frustration uh, in the season of kind of underperforming by annihilating Real Salt Lake 6-0 to on the back of four goals from Valentin Castellanos. Um, if you were on the Twitter sphere, you saw maybe Real Salt Lake was poking fun before the match, making fun <laughs> of NYCFC's tiny little banner. It's not even straight, guys. It's not even like zip-tied <laughs> level. It's tilted. <laughs> Yes, so you know the the Salt Lake oh. admin even after the game says NY uh, New York City is not where dreams are made of after losing six to zero. So a little bit of fun there on Twitter, um, but yeah, Castellanos coming into form, scoring four goals, um, and almost up to our Golden Boot uh, leader right now, Brandon Vasquez, but not quite there. That's cra- that's just crazy to to say. I think. Um, but yeah, good for Tati Castellanos getting four goals. I think he's the is he the only player to ever do that in my CFC history. I might have saw um, maybe the second player ever. Anyways, good for him. Maybe NYCFC will find some form in the league um, now that they're out of the Concacaf Champions League. We'll see what happens. But as we do every week, the Fast Five, our MLS Fast Five. Um, you know, we made some predictions last week, and we are going to see who came out victorious. So Houston versus Portland, the game ended in a 0-0 draw. I think Houston also had a red card. Um, sort of boring. Cole said 2-0 Houston. Steve, you said 2-1 Portland, and I said a 2-2 draw. Um, so I guess I'll take that one. Yeah, you'll take it. <laughs> Four goals off, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I, I set a draw, at least. That's how we yeah. do things around here. Um, the Red Bulls hosted a hot Dallas team. Um, Cole actually said 1-1. You said 1-1 as well. And I said one nothing. New York Red Bulls. It was a 0-0 draw. Actually, I don't know if you got the chance to watch this game. It was a very entertaining game. New York Red Bulls look really really good especially playing a hot dallas team new york red bulls Mm. dominated the game from what i could see um but dallas leaves with a good away point um so good for them 
Um, moving on, we had Minnesota versus not Columbus. It's Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota won three to one. And Cole nailed this one. He said three one Minnesota. You said hey, two he's one. not here. We don't have to talk about him too much. <laughs> He'll see this. He'll see it later. Um, but you said two one Colorado. I said two one Minnesota. Cole and I won that one, but he gets the the extra point there because he nailed the score. Good for our guy. Um, Toronto, like you said, my sort of preseason, uh, not favorite, but one I was sort of hyping up for. Biggest everybody. Toronto fan there is. Yeah, huge Bob Bradley guy here. Um, Toronto beats, like you mentioned earlier, the undefeated Philadelphia Union 2-1. Uh, Cole said two nothing Philly. You said two nothing Philly. I stuck with the guys and I said one nothing Toronto. Though I didn't get the score right, I got the result right, and I will take the point there. Um, and then, you know, we've had a lot of zero zero draws in our fast five this week. Uh, Atlanta United versus Cincinnati. Um, it honestly could have been a four four game um, if you watched it. It was just crazy. A lot of misses. Um, Atlanta United could have won it at the death. Um, but like I said, 0-0 draw. Cole, again, nails this one, 0-0. Uh, you said 2 nothing Atlanta, and I said 2-1 Atlanta. I don't so, know what I was thinking with that one. <laughs> you were being optimistic. I, I watched it back. You were, you were trying to be optimistic for it. And, you know, Atlanta United sort of needs that right now. Yeah. Um, even though we're sitting in fourth, which is I – didn't, I didn't know that, so that's sort of crazy. Um, but – you had two of five. I had three of five. Cole also had three of five correct. However, since he got two exactly correct, he is the winner this week. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, so good for Cole. We will definitely be guessing or doing some more predictions in our Friday episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then lastly, sort of sticking with the MLS, um, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Um, it's, it's like the uh, – I'm not trying to get too into it here, but it's like the US, the MLS's version, the United States version of like an FA Cup or a Carabao Cup. It's where um, the the lower leagues can play in a tournament and they'll play with play against, excuse me, the MLS teams um, and they'll play for a trophy, um, a competition that actually really matters. And I think it's a hundred and like what yeah. ten years old now? It's the oldest competition in U.S. in U.S. soccer. So who says U.S. doesn't have any soccer history? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the competition has been going on for a couple weeks. Um, you've been able to watch games on YouTube and I believe Twitch. They've been streaming games too. So been pretty cool. I've caught a couple of those. Um, but this is the first week that the MLS will enter the competition. So that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, the tournament hasn't been played since. It, was it 2019, I believe? So, like, right before COVID. Um, and yours truly, the Atlanta United. Uh, they are the reigning champs, if you can really say that, because uh, it does feel like forever ago at this point. It was a long time ago, because Frank DeBoer led led the team to the trophy. Um, against Minnesota. Yeah, against Minnesota. Yeah. It, was it was a great – it was a great game. You, you remember that game? Oh, yeah. I was at that game with my dad and was – Beer in hand, standing on top of my seat, losing my mind. It was yes. wonderful. Yes. Chanting the last, I mean, I think it felt like 10 minutes straight, Every the whole supporter section screaming. God, it was it amazing. Was willing our team to victory there. I think because we had a red card, we were down a guy. It was a crazy game. Really, really fun. It was Gonzalez-Pires, I think. Go figure. <laughs> 
classic. Um, but yeah, so so we're back in it. Um, thankfully, I really like this competition. Um, but some probably the biggest headline for the competition is uh, the the maybe, maybe the most famous US men's national team player ever. Maybe um, Landon Donovan, a household name, I'd say. Uh, he'll be going against his former team, the LA Galaxy, but not as a player. Um, he is currently coaching the San Diego Loyal, so he'll be managing his team against the Galaxy. So that'll be a fun one if you're trying to watch one of these games. Um, are, there, are there any other games people should be looking out for, Steve? Uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> I think it's a fun thing is uh Tormenta FC uh getting this berth into this competition uh to our neighbors to the south in Statesboro. I think again, you know, if they they're playing the Birmingham Legion um and I don't know, just thinking on an MLS scale and this isn't just MLS, there's also the USL that is in this competition as well. Mm-hmm. But just on the US soccer scale, I think I'd love to see Tormenta um, advance and just to have two teams from Georgia in a professional soccer league tournament mm-hmm. sounds like craziness. So uh, that's a game that I'll be tuning into to hopefully support the Tormenta uh, get into the next round. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. I thought about buying their jerseys uh, or at least one of their jerseys because they have some fun ones, some cool colors. Um yeah, Miami FC hosts a um, – I have to get my jab at Inter-Miami. A very bad Inter-Miami team. <laughs> Steve was laughing at me earlier because he, he read it. And he was like, that beat Seattle this past week in the MLS. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know if I realized that. Good for them. That was their second win, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they're fine in the, <laughs> the hot streak. <laughs> um, but it's at Miami FC, so that's interesting. We'll see what happens there. Um, Atlanta United will host the, the Chattahooligans, um, and they will play for the second time ever, I believe. Um, the first time competitively. You remember the first time we watched them play? Uh, absolutely. And we were in Chattanooga, and I believe we were sitting right next to their supporter section. Mm-hmm. And I believe one of their chants were, after we'd already put four goals in their net, was, we're going to beat you in the U.S. Open Cup. And at that point, I didn't even know what that was. And so we'll see if they make good on their promise uh, about five years later. <laughs> they definitely could. I, I can't see that, but, you know, it's a tournament, right? We always say it's a tournament style. You never know. One-off games, what is going to happen. Um, the Greenville Triumph uh, will host Charlotte FC. It'll be a good test for Charlotte as their, it's their first time in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, Orlando City will play the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I just threw that in there because I like the Tampa Bay Rowdies name. Um, and then um, good USL teams here. Phoenix Rising FC, who Didier Drogba, Chelsea legend, uh, actually played for and, and retired after two, 2018 um, from Phoenix Rising. Um, they will host New Mexico United, so a little bit of a Western, Central Western um, game there. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I think that, that really about wraps us up. You know, I'm going to put some things on your guys' radar, um, for the next couple of weeks. The NFL draft is happening April 28th. I think it goes for four days, but really only watching the first round is <laughs> what's worth it. I'm sure we'll, um, talk about it in one of our future episodes. Um, the NHL playoffs are also starting in the first week of May. It's May 2nd 
and um, we need to get a hockey guy in here. Um, mm. You know, I tr- I try to follow it as much as I can, but I was about to not- say you're the big hockey guy. Come on, I have been to a couple of Blue Jackets games this year that I do have their you know notifications turned on. So hey, um, uh, uh, Reese Fleming, Jacob Barry, we're looking at you. Yeah, yeah, I think we might get Jacob on or some, you know, just somebody to talk about it for a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we're also working on getting another gaming episode out because we all had a good time making that. Hopefully you had a good time watching it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to try to get that one out soon. Maybe next week we'll see. Um, get Andrew back in here. Um, and then finally, something that's a little further out, but Cole mentioned it. We are all set for our trip to Nashville in May, later in May. Um, so we're, we're trying to plan some fun content um, around that trip. You know, it's not going to be the main focus of the trip because we're obviously trying to see each other because we haven't seen each other in a while. But, um, you know, I think it's a cool opportunity to maybe to maybe make something happen. So Cole's putting his, his brain on it, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, thank you again for tuning in today. You know, if you enjoyed our time together, you know, just drop a thumbs up, drop a like, you know, it only takes a second and it helps us out a whole bunch. Uh, again, subscribe if you're not already. Um, we're trying to get 100 to 100 subs by the summer. So if you want to help us get there, do your part, share it with a friend, share it with five friends um, who you think might be interested. Um, we would greatly, uh, greatly appreciate it. And then lastly, get involved with us, get into the comments. You know, we, we definitely check the comments. Um, we'll definitely start making some more shorts as well. Try to get some traction that way, but yeah, get in the comments, interact with our Instagram page and also our Twitter, uh, page as well. That's new about, we made it about a week ago. So, um, that's been fun. Yeah. There's going to be a link tree in the description. So click on that you'll find everything you need to um but yeah thanks again for joining us all of us here at the bad fan podcast hope you have a great day and we will see you in the next one until then peace